This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Weeboon. The past two years of COVID-19 and recent spread of terrible floods has shined a spotlight on the need to protect yourself from unforeseen circumstances, be it if you are a business owner, a homeowner, or a car owner. So joining me to discuss the importance of insurance and protecting yourself against natural disasters is Anthony Lee, the chairman of the General Insurance Association of Malaysia. Let's start off with motor coverage because many people had their vehicles damaged by the floods, but a lot of them don't really know where to start or even realize that their insurance doesn't cover such incidents. So let's start off with the basics on motor insurance. Can you tell me what are the different types of motor insurance? Sure. So as you well know, uh, motor is compulsory, right? So so it starts with third party. That's the most basic, basic cover. Uh, so in third party, it basically covers death or injury to other parties. Uh, and it also covers damage to other parties' property. But that's it. That, that, so it's incredibly basic cover. It's, of course, the, the cheapest cover. Uh, you then step up to third-party fire and theft. So third-party fire and theft has the same as uh, third-party, which is the death and injury to other parties, as well as damage to other parties' properties, and also loss of damage to your own vehicle if it is caused by theft or fire. So it's still quite limited in terms of coverage. Uh, then the third one that is typically seen is called comprehensive. Uh, and comprehensive encompasses everything that third-party fire and theft has, as well as damage to your vehicle due to an accident. So, so you know, those with, uh, especially in Klang Valley, majority of people do have comprehensive um, because obviously the car values are quite high. Um, and the misperception is uh, they assume comprehensive covers more than that. Uh, and that's not the case because... You know, motor insurance is, is a tariff product, so it's a standardized product regulated by Bank Nagara. Uh, flood is part of special perils. So what you'll have seen is that in the last four or five years, there's been a lot of effort to push uh, special perils cover, one of which is flood. Um, so, you know, whilst you, you mentioned the, the, the penetration of 4%, which is extremely low, but let me tell you, it was only 1%, you know, not that long ago. So, you know, we, we have pushed it up. I think the other important thing to note is that the cost of flood insurance has come down by up to 30% over the last five years. So this has been, you know, trending in the right direction. Our insurance companies have been working hard and, and intermediaries have been selling it. And I think why a lot of people haven't really switched on to all of this is because for many, many years, motor policies were all standard tariff rated. So your average person didn't bother looking at the details of what was covered or not covered. Uh, now that we're going through phase liberalization, there is greater flexibility for insurers to create you know, more innovative products. Uh, and as a result, you'll start to see some of these changes. So it's a mindset thing, right? So, so you, you know, make sure you look at your policy. Um, you know, think about it as you know, your, your car could be you know, 50, 100, 200,000 or more ringgit of value. Um, and if you're insuring something like that, you really want to make sure, you know, you've got coverage for every circumstance. And especially now, sadly, after this one in a hundred year flood event, uh, the reality is, you know, we had three, four days of nonstop rain, which we've not seen in a hundred years. And sadly, this is the new normal. Um, so the risk is, is different and we all have to wake up to it. 
And like I said, the, the cost is actually affordable. For example, you know, motorcycle flood cover can be as low as 10 ringgit. Um, for, for a very basic car that's seven years old, let's say value 20,000 ringgit, flood cover could be as low as 50 to 100 ringgit. Uh, obviously, for the more expensive cars, it ends up, you know, probably thousand ringgit or more. Yes, this recent floods was once in a hundred years, but you know we've seen flooding happen recently, and I think because of that, yep. it kind of contributed to the slight take up in flood coverage. Right? But given what's happening now and the trend of it, why not make flood insurance coverage uh, mandatory like the basic ones? Yeah, very good question. So we are actually working behind the scenes with Bank Nagara to look at that. The team, the actuaries have to model this out and say, if we made it mandatory, you know, how much would it add to everybody's premium? Uh, and, and we think, we don't have the numbers yet, but we think it, it won't be a big amount. Uh, and, and if that's something that, you know, the government is willing to consider and, and push and we can make it affordable, I think you'll find that the industry will be, you know, well behind it. Um, and that would be a lot easier. Yeah. I, I, so, so again, we have to obviously balance it, right? Because the politicians will all say, well, some people living in a high area might be complaining. So I've never seen a flood. Why do I need to pay for it? Um, I think the reality is that that's a false way of thinking because your car is something that moves. So you could be visiting someone in a flood area, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, yeah, very good point that you've brought up. Okay, so of course, floods, uh, I think as you said earlier, it falls under special perils, right? So let's talk a bit more about these special perils. Uh, what other falls under special perils, apart from just floods? Sure. Yeah, so you have things like uh, breakage of windscreen or windows, right? So windscreen cover is an additional premium. Uh, as, as you know, some of these new technology cars, the windscreens can be very expensive um, because they've got these cameras and sensors all built into the windscreen. Um, so that's an additional cover. You know, if you're using the car for tuition or testing purposes, you know, in the past, name drivers, um, although some some insurers waive that. Um, if you want to extend the use of your private car for for business, so, you know, your grabs and all of that are also part of that special cover. Uh, if you want to provide additional passenger liability because you're, you're carrying passengers, you, you, you can add that. So m many, many different uses of uh, the vehicle, which the standard policy typically excludes. What about like other natural disasters? So I think another natural disaster that was closely associated with flooding was landslides. Do the, does a standard insurance cover landslide or is this a add-on like a special perils again? T typically it is an add-on, but I think, you know, you must check with, with, with your insurer, right? Because like I say, it's now a slightly more liberalized market. So, so there are policies that, you know, bundle in some of these covers uh, as part of a standard policy. So, so you really have to look carefully and, and talk to your insurer to double check uh, and confirm that, that all these are covered. So what is PM doing then to maybe raise the awareness of like looking and adding special perils uh, into their coverage, right? Because I mean, 4%, like you said, it's an alarmingly low number. And why do you think people just don't get it? You know, is it, is it really down to cost or do they not know more about it? Or is it just the fact that they, like, I mean, I, see, I've never had my car flooded, so why bother? So what, what I've heard is, you know, I mean, again, Piam, each insurer is, is entitled to, to price and, and create the products that they want, right? Piam doesn't, doesn't regulate that. But um, what I'd say is what I've heard is um, a lot of people that do buy it, maybe they might buy it when they buy the new car the first year, but typically when the car 
uh, when the insurance is needs to be renewed a year later, a lot of them drop it because their mindset is, oh, well, I didn't have a flood last year. You know, I'm paying extra money for this. I don't think I need it, right? That's quite a typical response. You know, why do people think that way? And, and, and you know, even saying after this floods, you know, right now everyone's top of mind. And I know that a lot of agents, et cetera, are, asked, are being asked by their insureds, oh, I want flood cover. How much do I have to pay? How can I get it? So that's topical. But, you know, let's say a few years from now, there are no other major floods in the interim year, um, that interest will go away. So, you know, we have to educate people. And, and, and what the analogy I, I like to use was like two years ago, we never wore a face mask, right? And now everyone's wearing a face mask because it's protection. It's the right thing to do. So flood insurance, in, in essence, is the same mindset. Because the cost of flood insurance is probably no more than you know paying for a mask or however many masks you wear a day over a period of time, right? So, so just think of it as giving you full cover and peace of mind, um, so you don't worry about things like that. And and, uh, and the sad part is, for all those who, who've lost their vehicles without flood cover, it's a huge hole in your pocket. You still have to pay for that car loan, and you don't even have a car to use, right? So you're, you're basically pushed backwards. Um, so, so it's really not a good thing. And, and like I said, the mindset has to be, this is like what I do every, every year, once a year. Developed countries, uh, flood cover, you know, the awareness is very high and people take it. Okay, lastly, before we go into the break, I want to ask is, you know, we've seen all sorts of innovations overseas on motor insurance and being more granular in terms of how premiums are calculated. So could you maybe share some of the different ways in which motor insurance premiums here are determined based on demographics, psychographics, and even driving behaviors if we have such? Yeah, so at the moment, like I said, Bangnagara regulates, um, you know, motor quite tightly. It, it is a sort of tariff for us. In, in a phased liberalization. So it's not fully liberal yet. So there is some flexibility to price up and down, but there is not full flexibility. So, you know, we, we are a little bit, um, I guess, limited in, in how much we can do. However, you know, there have been some, you know, in new innovations being brought by insurers to the market. Uh, one of them is telematics. Um, you know, some insurers offered telematics uh, the other one was pay-as-you-go insurance. Uh, some of that is also available. Uh, again, these are relatively new in, in the Malaysian market, so awareness, et cetera, uh, is, is still low. And, I, and maybe the pay-as-you-go one might have seemed interesting during lockdowns because everyone's saying, well, I'm not using my car, so you know, why am I paying? Um, but of course, now that everything's opened up, it's changed again. So, um, But as, as Bangnagara allows us to... Uh, open the market further, you will definitely see greater variability in prices. It could be up to 30, 40% difference between, you know, a good driver and a bad driver, right? Uh, of course, there are many factors in, in, in how insurers choose to price the premium. Um, and in a liberalized market, they can choose whichever criteria they want. Um, but typically, typically, and this is the same all around the world, right? The young male driver is a higher risk. You put a young male driver in a, in a very fast car and the chances of an accident are extremely high. Um, these are just standard things. So pricing, a lot of pricing is reflected on real data. And, and as you know, Piam has embarked on a, on a, a road safety awareness initiative with uh, JPJ and the police. Um, so our accident rates 
far too high in Malaysia. And everyone pays for all those accidents and deaths on the road. So we really need to make a, a, a concerted effort and initiative to stop that. All right, that's very interesting. And we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Boon. And today's topic is insurance. And you know, it comes from how the recent floods have recently raised an awareness for the need to protect yourself, especially from natural disasters and other incidents. Uh, and joining me to discuss this is Anthony Lee, the chairman of the General Insurance Association of Malaysia, or better known as PM. Um, so earlier we were talking about, we're going through about the motor insurance side of things, you know, uh, special perils and... Uh, other related uh, factors. But now let's uh, spend some time on home insurance because the floods didn't just affect people's cars or motorbikes. It also affects homes. You know, we've seen all the photos and social media of how the previously white and nice house is just brown and gray because of the mud and the damage. Um, let's start a bit on home insurance. Are there different tiers of coverage? Is there like, like a motor insurance, is there kind of like a basic one and a comprehensive adult one? And do they cover floods? Yeah, good question. And then it is similar. So so basic fire policy literally just covers the building. Um, it, it may cover contents, uh, but really it's covering for loss and damage caused by fire and lightning. And this is the sort of policy that if you take a bank loan, typically uh, the bank will insist that you have that basic policy. Um, you can extend that policy to include special perils, so storm, tempest, flood, earthquake, etc., by paying an additional premium. There are then two other types of housing insurance. Um, one is tariff house owner policy and one is tariff householder policy. So the house owner policy insures the residential building, including roof fixtures, fittings, garages, walls, gates, and fence from loss or damage. Uh, the, so this has also got a wider coverage, right? Tariff householder uh, also includes the contents, personal effects, and other movable possessions in the building from loss or damage. Um, and types of loss and damage covered by these two types of policy, um, if they're comprehensive, they will include flood, obviously cover fire, lightning, domestic explosions, uh, damage caused by aircraft and impact by vehicles or animals, bursting or overflow of water tanks and pipes, theft and burglary, flood, hurricane, typhoon, windstorm, loss of rent, public liability. But, you know, there are different products out there. So again, you need to check with your agent or insurer for the exact scope of coverage. Uh, Ali, you said, so the, the bank will insist for you to get, so does that make it compulsory to have a basic home insurance or? Home insurance is not compulsory, right? So, you know, I said certain banks will insist if you take a loan that, that you take mm. um, home insurance cover. But if you don't, there, there isn't. There's, it's not mandatory. So only motor is mandatory. Mm, okay, so there is quite possibility a number of people out there that is, their homes is not, even though they have a bank loan and they're still paying loans on their house, they don't, they're not insured for the home, right? Yeah, not, and certainly not for the contents and, and, and not mm -hmm. for flood either. So, you know, that is something worth looking at, right? Especially if you, if you, like as you just said, you, you see these, horrific pictures of people you know when their home has been underwater for two three days i mean you can't salvage anything i mean you know it's it's beyond use so dude how, how are the like pricing of these various tiers of insurance like do they vary and range in large sums or are they just are they pretty affordable yeah so if, if the home is let's say it's you know a hundred thousand ringgit and if you're just buying basic cover um it's going to be, you know, 
couple of hundred ringgit maximum, right? Uh, you know, it's it's not particularly high. Now, if annually. you want flood cover, yeah, annually, annually. And if you want flood cover, it, it will double that, right? So it it'll be flood is is still uh, a more expensive premium, um, simply because you know there's much more at stake, right? Um, now, what what could happen is is more if more and more people buy flood cover. Uh, as that market grows, the premiums would come down because there's there's more volume. So right now, I would say we're still in a stage where, you know, a very low number of people actually buy comprehensive home insurance. But those that do, um, typically buy to ensure their contents, and it also covers contents that you take with you. Let's say you go traveling, right? And it, it can cover if you declare the items, it can actually cover your you know, watches, cameras, phones, etc. You know, if if you lost them or, or they were stolen, etc. So, it, it's a different mindset. And, and what you find typically is, um, again, it's the more mature, educated uh, Malaysians that are buying this cover, uh, or those that have lived overseas and, and have seen the value of of that cover. Uh, certainly, expats are very used to buying this sort of cover and, and they, they form quite a large percentage of people buying this cover. So it, it, it is something that Malaysians need to start thinking about. Um, and, and especially now we've seen the floods, right? So, you know, again, that can be significant setback on your, on your pocket um, if you are affected you know, by a flood in that sense. Okay, but so so with that said, what do you think are the considerations that Malaysians should have when they are looking into getting their homes insured, right? Because this conversation about home ownership is already complicated as it is, you know, between yeah. the discussion of affordability and all that. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think cost will always be something that people look at, but of course, that you can't course. put a number on protection. So what do you have to yeah. say about the considerations to make when you are trying to get your home insured? Yeah, so... so you know, you can tailor it, right? So there's quite a lot of tailoring that, that, that you can do. So the first time you do it, it'll be quite a lengthy process to think about the value of everything that you have and, and, and how much you, you want to have covered, right? So the, the key is adequate cover. Um, so, so you need to look, and, and don't forget, you know, when you build, a, when you have your home, most of us over time, you know, you've done some renovations or enhancements, right? So if that all got damaged, you know, it's not just what you paid originally. You have to factor in any of those, you know, the cost of rebuilding your property. So that, that has to be thought about. Um, and also you have to decide whether are you looking at reinstatement or replacement value, right? So reinstatement means you will be compensated with the value of a brand new item, whereas replacement means you're compensated on the depreciated value of the item. So for contents, for example, right, let's say you buy a TV set, you know, three years later, obviously the TV set is much lower in value. Um, but of course, if you get reinstatement, you will get an equivalent brand new TV, right? So two, two very important distinctions in, in, in terminology. Um, you also need to disclose all the material facts in your proposal form. Uh, so that's very important, depending whatever questions the insurer asks. You know, some do ask, you know, are you a certain distance from a river or, or, or waterway, et cetera. Um, so, so these are, these are all very important considerations to make. 
You, you mentioned um, construction, uh, um, renovation just now, and I think this is also a kind of a sore point for many when it comes to insurance and construction. I think I've, I've stumbled on some cases where their insurance is voided due to damage by renovation. That's when the argument starts and everything. Yeah, so, you know, if there's anything material happening to your home, you know, you, you need to call out your insurer. So, and it's very typical. So if you're about to do works to your home, you have to tell your insurer, I'm about to do works to my home. And they'll ask you, okay, you know, what's the extent? How long is the period for? And, and it's not a, a very expensive premium, but you need to pay an additional amount because that covers the risk. So obviously when construction is going on in your home, it's much higher risk that damage may happen, right? So, you know, it could be a crane lifting something up. It could be, you know, a builder handling a piece of machinery that, you know, suddenly you know, goes wrong uh, while they're adjusting or putting in some plumbing, you know, they might get a burst pipe or a water leak. So all of this is additional risk to, to, to a normal uh, state of affairs in a home. So that's the reason why uh, you declare it. And as I say, once you declare it, you, you pay a, a small additional premium and you have peace of mind. What do you think people should ask their insurers when they are looking into such coverages? What are the key questions that you think they have to kind of like check in with their insurers before going ahead to get them? Yeah, so I think if you look at, you know, in terms of your financial exposure, right? So most cases, it's a car and a property, right? So which of those is more likely to be impacted um, by, by a flood, let's say, for example? and if it was impacted, are you able to, you know, sustain that economic loss, right? So if you can't, then you should think about, you know, the additional premium, right? Because then, like I said, you don't have to worry. And if there's a flood, you just go out and get another car, right? Or, or your car is repaired for you and you don't have to pay for the cost. So that is how important that is. And I think, you know, cars are not cheap in Malaysia, as we all know. Um, so it's especially if you're young and, uh, you know, young family or just starting out in life, you've taken this five year or seven year car loan, um, you know, you really want to make sure that you've got the use of that car for that entire time. Right. Um, and similarly with property, right. So it depends, you know, if you've got things of value in the property and, you know, if you have the reserves to be able to pay for it, if they're lost. Um, you know, these are the things that you need to look at. Um, for a home, obviously, flood covers more linked to, you know, where you reside and, 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 and local situation. Um, and it's not just about whether you live near uh, a river, for example, right? As we all know, if there's construction going on nearby, you know, that can cause flooding as well. So it, it's really a sort of localized risk. Um, so it's important to speak to your insurer or intermediary and think about that. Um, but like I said, I think flood cover is is really especially since you know n- now with COVID, right? No one's taking public transport, right? Everyone's driving or riding a motorbike, so this has become even more essential. All right, and that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Anthony Lee, the chairman of the General Insurance Association of Malaysia, or better known as PM. I'm Sim Weeboon, signing off for the morning run. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.